From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Hi, everybody. Welcome in. It is hour number two of the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn, Bill George, and Diego in the studio. Jonathan's out uh, doing some family stuff today. I don't think it's pig-related. Is it pig? I don't think it's pig-related. David no. doesn't have a show today, but uh, he's going to be out running around. I have no idea what Singleton's doing, and I have no idea what uh, Carlos is even remotely doing. He's probably asleep right now. Carlos is taking a week's of vacation. Then he's at Disney. No. Yeah. No. That's where he always goes. He either goes there, he goes on a Disney cruise, or Disney, 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 Disney. He's taking a week's vacation. Uh, and, and what? And he's going to, he is. Uh, going back to New York for a little while? He's he's going to do a bit of hunting. Uh, well, there you go. So, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <sighs> but Mike, Mike, he has uh, he has wife duty. He has to turn around. I got a text from him. Wife duty. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. What? You know he unless he gets say? permission to come out and play. You know he's not allowed to come. Um, but oh uh, my gosh, Kettle Black. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but uh, let's open your wife's purse and see what's in there. Not much. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so we turn around. Somebody and, uh, out there gets it. He, he he texted me just a little bit ago that he had to take his wife's car in for some work. Ah, work. Well, there you go. That'll keep but him busy for a while. We didn't realize Jonathan wasn't going to be here until 342 in the morning. Well, that that's true. But, you know, these so. things happen. It's whatever. It's a beautiful day in the hood. Let's just do our thing. Speaking of that, uh, I will say that is my official jealous weekend. Uh, my son uh, got invited by one of his friends at school who's having a birthday party uh, to go out and go on an adventure and go do a sleepover tonight and then tomorrow kind of thing. And I was like, okay, so what are you guys going to do? You're going to go just mess around? He goes, oh, no, we're going to go offshore. We're going to go offshore and go fishing. I was like, say what? He's like, yeah, <clears throat> uh, Tanner's dad has a friend that's a fishing guide type guy, and he's going to take us out about 20 miles and do some fishing. So needless to say, I think it's awesome. Mom, of course, you know, is thinking the worst. She's well, freaking, you know how freaking many out. People have disappeared off there. She's freaking out that her baby boy is going to be out there outside of outside of land, Listen, and you know it's the end of the world for everyone. But there's nothing. If you look at him, there's nothing that looks baby about him. I, I understand that, but to a mom, you know, uh, you always be my baby. Oh, it will. You're my first, and so she's kind of. Let's just say there's going to be a couple more gray hairs after this weekend on top of her head over the fact that. Her baby boy is going to be out there in the middle of the ocean, as she puts it. Oh, my God. Yes. Middle of the ocean. It's the golf. Out there fishing. The uh, golf. Of course, I did give him the old, and I said, how far are you going out? And he's like, uh, I think he said we're going to go like 20 miles. I was like, wow, that's about the same area where that great white shark showed up. He's like, what? I was like, yeah, maybe you should watch the news. It's, you know, the great white shark was out there, you know? So he's like, no. I was like, yeah, maybe you can put a hook into that bad boy. That'd be awesome. So they're going to do the fishing adventure today, 
And then they're going to stay up, of course, until 4 o'clock in the morning doing stupid uh, preteen boy stuff. Well, he is a teen Watching now, video 13. games. Whatever, yeah, you know, PUBG in it or whatever it is. And then uh, they're getting up the next day. I bet you they're going <clears> to <throat> do some TikTok. They may do some of that. <laughs> but then uh, on Sunday, they're going to go out and play paintball. Paintball. So they're going to be out there. He's uh, got a disadvantage in paintball. I don't know. The kid's uh, pretty nope, good. Nope. He's got a disadvantage. Why? Because he's going to try to head shoot everybody? <laughs> no, no. No. Next shoot him? No, because he's a large target. I told they, him. I they told don't him have that. to be as accurate as I he I told does. him. I said, you better learn to sneak and peek, man. I said, you know, when you're uh, the big mother out there carrying the big 60, you know, you're a big target, man. <laughs> and he's like, he goes, I'll be fine. He goes, if I have to, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll camp. Which is a term for sitting somewhere and, you know, sniping everybody, you know, in the games kind of yeah. thing. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing all the welts. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing how many he gets this weekend. But I was like, man. Of course, then I told Bart, and he's going, he's like, man, I officially, I'm officially mad at you now. Uh, let's go to the phones this morning. I think we have Tommy on the phone. Tommy? Yes, sir. Good oh, morning, guys. What are you doing? Are you awake? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting ready to start my day. How's the new digs? Uh, we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my dream hunt would be able to locate my, my personal belongings that have been put away by other people in my new house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I used to have a... Every uh, day's an adventure. I'm telling you. Yeah. No, but we were talking about that earlier, and uh, uh, Bill George brought it up. Hey, you know, I'm just wondering what Tom Free's dream hunt would be. Yeah, and uh, I've got I, I've got I've got I've got two that uh, that I that I'd really like to do. I'd like to go to uh, New Zealand and hunt red stag during the roar. I picked that one. And, yeah, and and I and I'd like to go to Argentina and and try one of those crazy dove hunts that they have down there. Well, Carlos did that one. He well, he went down for ducks, ducks, ducks yeah. down there for that. He said it was just crazy, literally craziness out now, there. Now, what is the roar? The roar is their version of you know the rut. The rut. They call okay. that the they call they call the rut the roar in in uh, in New Zealand. Yeah, that's when all the big boys are running around and they do they roar. They don't just like uh, you know they don't sound like a squeaky little elk. They get out there. and roar. I mean, they, yeah, they it's it, it, it's 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 cool. It's just you know New Zealand being you know you can hunt you know uh, uh, tar, uh, red stag, and axis deer and fallow deer. You know all all in one shot while you know. In the mountains, looking over, looking over the ocean, just something that uh, just is very appealing uh, to do a hunt like that. Yeah, and I, I, I picked uh, when uh, Bill asked me about that. When I said my first one, when I was a kid and reading the adventure books that uh, we were talking about earlier, uh, I always wanted to go into the mountains of Afghanistan and get an ibex. That was like the the big thing, you know, get out there and the rugged desert with the mountain people and, you know, go and hunt this, you know, big, elusive, giant ibex up on a mountaintop would have been cool. I I watched a couple of those videos on on the the Outdoor Channel, and uh, that that looks too vertical for me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you guys have a helicopter around here? Uh, I was like, can can I, can they, can, uh, you know, do they have like uh, porters that'll carry my fat ass up the, uh, (laughs) up the mountain? (laughs) You know, they do make escalators. Uh, You know, you can probably put a few. And then my second one was uh, a Yukon moose. I always wanted to get a, you know, a big monster, you know, 80 inch, you know, that would, that would be moves. fun. That would, that's, you know, that's one that I, that I've looked at or, you know, I've, I, I've, 
I, you know, I, I, I'd mostly, mostly bow hunt. So, you know, I, uh, I look at uh, that things that are, that are conducive to bow hunting and that moose is one that's on that list too. Yeah. I, that one, those were the, my two big ones. And then uh, when I was pushed to shove, I said, I would not that I care where I get it, but I would like to eventually have a, a ginormous red stag and, if I had my druthers, it would either be Scotland or New Zealand would be my, my two choices. Ooh, Scotland, that would be fun, too. And that's probably a lot flatter than New Zealand. <laughs> that, that is true. And, and you know what? I didn't even know about uh, back in the day. I didn't even know that red stags were in that neck of the woods. I, I, until I, did, I didn't know it either, but I do now. <laughs> well, I, and I, the only way I found out is I was at a safari club uh, dinner one time, and they were auctioning off a uh, red stag hunt over in Scotland. And I was like, dude, that would be Very awesome. Cool. Now, that one I would go for. That would be really cool. And uh, then I thought about it. I was like, Red Stags and Scott, why would they? Oh, they're in New Zealand. Oh, that's right. They were brought well, there. I, <laughs> they were, the, they were... the, red, the, the Red Stag, you know, the, 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 the British used to, you know, you know, sort of export them to all their. That's that's how a lot of these game animals ended up in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. They treated New Zealand like a game preserve for the for the monarchy. And they would, from all over the British Empire, they would they would transplant animals and that's the reason you know the tar the axis deer the fallow deer and the red stag are all in new zealand that's because right they, they treated it as a game preserve yeah they that's like i said they put all the convicts over in australia to die it's too dangerous to be over there let's go put all the good stuff over in fatty land over in new zealand yeah you look at you look at hunting in, in australia and it's like well then you and you then you have to compare it against the list of things that'll kill you in new zealand exactly. in, in uh, australia yeah <laughs> I mean, anything. You put your shoes on and you go, ow, man, something just bit me. Oh, my gosh, it was a fiddleback uh, wiggle worm. You better get over there now. You're going to die in five minutes. Yeah. Like, oh, great, thanks. <laughs> that wasn't in the brochure. I don't remember that part. Well, that would be awesome, man. I hope you get to go there. Bill George, of course, he's going to be heading. It's not a hunt, but another thing on my bucket list, I would love to go to South Africa someday and do the cage dive with the great white shark. Ah, now yeah, I'm... I'm I've had that happen at North Shore, North Shore Beach. Well, so I'm no, all good. I've, I've swam pl- plenty with our local bull sharks, and and I've seen one tiger and one hammerhead. But uh, I, you know, for some reason, I have a very irrational fear of great whites, even though I know that the odds of seeing one in our local waters is, is very slim. Saw one but, last uh, week. I'd, I'd like to go to I'd, I'd like to go to, to, to South America and on the Great Barrier Reef and, and see see one. In, in a very sturdy, strong cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that would be someone's fun, not mine. I've had en- I've had enough encounters. I'm I all think good. I've seen videos of them getting in the cage accidentally. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm out with that. Well, so. Tommy, we got to take a break, man. Go all enjoy right. your hey, Saturday. I'll sit here and listen. You guys have a great morning. Everybody, be safe out there. All right, see you, buddy. It is a great morning. It's a great Saturday. Beautiful day. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for getting up early and checking us out this morning and listening in live right here on the Big and Wild Outdoors. 
We are here in the studio on this beautiful Saturday morning. It is a nice, cool, crisp morning. Talked to my uh, son a little bit ago, and I was like, so when are you guys heading out? Oh, uh, well, I'll be over Tanner's till noon. Uh, what? Dude, when I think fishing trip, I'm thinking, we're late already. Where, where are we out on the water now? Whoa, whoa, whoa. These are kids that haven't gone to sleep yet. Yeah, well, he's awake, and he's all good, so uh, they'll be heading out that way and going doing their stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm jelly, as the young people like to say. <laughs> I'm a little jelly. Uh, but speaking I, of fishing. I am surprised, though, that, you know, prying their ki- your kids away from you and your wife. That, that's, that doesn't happen very often. Well, I look at it this way. <clears throat> I thought about what Bill George said to me and uh, how he's accused me since day one of shooting a hog out from underneath my daughter. Yeah. Uh, I figured it would probably be a good idea if I didn't go on the fishing trip and I'm hauling in all the monster fish and nobody else is, and then they would be mad at me. Of course. So, Your job would be to go there and bait hooks. Not to touch a rod. Says you. If I'm going 20 miles offshore, I'm not out there putting shrimp on a hook thinking that they're going to try to catch hogfish. No. (laughs) I'm going to be. That's it. No. No. -uh. (laughs) No. -uh. See, that's why you get accused of shooting the hog out from underneath your daughter. Okay. I'm not going to let that thing get away. Yeah, it would be bad. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe it's best that I'm not there. But uh, speaking of fishing. Uh, there's rumblings of, uh, things maybe going to be changing here pretty soon. I know that, uh, snook season has opened back up. Not here. Not, not, don't get your hopes oh, up. Oh, no. Stop they're, it. They're, Stop they were it. an endangered species here. Yeah. You, you know, don't, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you, you know, freak out a little bit and like, what? But uh, over in the Atlantic, the I Atlantic know people season who accidentally get ten in one cast net while trying to get mullet at one time. Well, it happens. It's an accident. You weren't targeting them. No, it is an accident. Yeah. It is. But how? How if something's so endangered and so hurt, can you get ten in one throw of a cast net? I don't know. It's crazy talk. Uh, but uh, Atlantic snook season opens up on February first, which is what Sunday. Is that tomorrow? Then tomorrow, today's the thirtieth, right? Uh, anyway, February first is when it opens up, and spotted sea trout. Yes, another closure. It's going to be happening where you don't care up in the western panhandle zone up there on February first, out away from everybody. But that is an area that the data has shown that that trout population has been having issues. And that group of people did not show up and moan and groan. The people in another part of the panhandle, more towards the bend, showed up and actively participated in the FWC's rulemaking process and managed to get their side broken out and not lose any access. So the Big Bend areas, area, is that what you're talking yeah. about there? Yeah. So wait, they're, they're allowed to... That's Still good. keep trout? Or, I don't understand. Well, just look at your look at your line where it's being closed at. Well, it's right there at the bend. I mean, it's literally yeah, right to there. The, and to the west. Right. Okay, but you go a little bit further around, and that area got separated out where they were able to keep fishing. 
So they were like, we don't, we don't want to hang out with those guys. Yeah. We don't want to no, no, no. Guys. Our fishing's good. Their fishing's bad. Yeah. Even though the FWC don't be, had, no, you know, don't had, be close. had it into one zone, they managed to break it in two pieces and say all the bad was over there and we had all the good. Yeah. What What is uh, now an area that's been split off is the western uh, Pensacola area over there. And then Big Bend is a separate part that kind of goes through the elbow of the... Uh, the curve of Florida as it comes down, and then of course uh, the South. I don't. I don't understand that area because the Big Bend area, I guess, is where Mike and everybody have been running out of Homosassa, going up there and going and fishing that area. Correct? Because they're still all good. Yeah, they're all good. Well, anyway, <clears throat> so up there in the uh, Western Panhandle zone, up there is going to be uh, closed on the first. But good news is, is that we're going to have a big giant uh, festival coming up here pretty soon that I'm sure Bill George is just giddy giddy about. It's the seventh annual Lionfish Removal and Awareness Festival being held on May 15th and 16th at AJ Seafood and Oyster Bar in Harbor Walk Village in Destin, Florida. You know how much money they put in the budget each year to educate people and try and promote. You'd going out there and taking lionfish? Uh, millions of dollars. I think that um, doesn't it fall under the combative invasive species oh, no, fund? They, they have they have they have a line item in there for invasive lionfish, and it's been about two million dollars each and every year to promote and do things like put on the the festival. festival. Sure. Yeah. So why don't they do the same? Uh, you know what? I'm just beating a dead horse here. Yeah, I, I $2 million, dollars and I was having a hard time getting them to pay the nuisance alligator trapper who goes and takes the alligator out of your swimming pool <laughs> so it doesn't get you or your pet. Yeah, sure. They didn't want to pay those people, but we'll spend $2 million to try and teach you that lionfish are tasty. Yeah, they are delicious. If you just listen to the show, we've been telling you that for years. Uh, take our word for it. They are no. delicious. And the sad part is, is over in the shelf, is we have uh, companies that literally have are waiting for Noah to get off its hands and say that it's okay to put lionfish traps out, and they would uh, really decimate the lionfish population. Because they, they literally are target-specific traps for those correct. critters. Correct. There's no bycatch when it comes to these things. So... They even have. They don't want anything to do with it. There's a number of different traps they've looked at and and are looking at doing. There's some that create like a structure there, and have walls that you know come up the side would, would would all of a sudden come up, so you'd haul up whatever you have. Even if you had bycatch, you would be able to discard it. But when you have twenty linefish sitting on a little artificial tree. Nothing else is coming to want to live with No, them. nothing. Not not any bait fish. Nothing else is coming. And but even if it were, you could pull that up and then discard. Yeah, because there's no gilling. There's they're, no. Uh, they're not yeah. getting stuck in a net somewhere or anything like that. So. You know, the other thing is, is when the scientists put cameras on these traps and they watched them and then watched how the traps worked and, you know, functioned and pulled the, They literally are like the old pyramid uh crab traps that everybody's sure. familiar with and but there's a structure in the middle of it that lionfish like to get up next to 
a lionfish doesn't run away like pinfish. They don't, you know, if you go up to our sheep's head, if you go up there and try to spear it or get your hands on anything, if you've ever seen any videos, they just, all they do is they puff up. They stick out all their quills thinking that, you know, here I am, I'm this big, bad, poisonous critter, and all I have to do is just show it to you. You know, it's like a hog snake. You know, they can hiss and look like a cobra and do all that stuff, but when it comes down to it, at the end, they just flip over and pretend they're dead. Well, lionfish don't even do that. They think they're cool, so they just go, hey, man, you see what I got over here? You don't want to come anywhere near me, bro. And the thing is, is when you go to close the sides, it's not like it has to snap like a steel trap or a leg trap. You just pull it up nice and slowly. They puff out, and it closes, and they yank them up off the bottom. It's that easy. If there were any type of bait fish that were stupid enough to hang around those critters while they're there, they're the ones that are going to go pew, and they take off as the as the the gates close up on the side of it. There's they've showed time and time and time and time and time and time and time again that there is no bycatch, but yet Noah will be like, uh, uh, we're not really we, sure about no, this. No fish, tra- uh, no fish traps, no fish traps in federal waters. Which I understand that, but for this one, for nope, an invasive no species, trap. why wouldn't you make an exception? No fish trap. Why wouldn't you make an exception? They it's, made an exception to you get know people. How hard it is to get the federal government to change. They, you have. Is F- the Everglades protected by F- the state F- or the federal? FWC is, I, I, I will say, very approachable on a lot of things. I, I give FWC a lot of credit on doing a lot of things. I beat them up where they deserve to be beaten up, but they they are reasonable. You can approach them, you can work with them, and and whatnot. But the federal government is like, man, I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, like, the Everglades, they're protected by federal funds. They're protected yeah. by federal stuff. And that's it's what federal keeps lands. you, the human being, out of the Everglades. Unless you're going out there to get pythons. Oh, no, only a couple people could do that in the Everglades. Okay, well, all we need is a couple of people to start putting some traps out in federal waters. Let's see how they work. Let's start with two and see how well they do. Oh, uh, there's a special permit they've given them for research. I could do that. I could research the heck out of it. Can I sell what I catch? You can't get there to put them out. Oh, I could find a way. <laughs> I will find a way. That'd be a new business adventure. Mark's looking for something, so we'll do that. Smoked lionfish spread. Ask Teresa. It's delicious. With a little jalapeno, it'll make it roar. That'd be awesome. (laughs) Taking a break. Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Lots of great deals still going on in this month. They want to get out there and get you in your car or truck of your dreams. You got to go there and see our boys over at Brandon Ford. Corner of Adamo 301. It's right there. You can't miss it. Been there forever. You'll see him today. Talking about love. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Brendan Gunn, Bill George here in the studio, hanging out with you this morning. Thank you so much for getting up early and hanging out with us. It's a beautiful Saturday morning. 
as Bill George pointed out, we still have some hunting opportunities for you. Still here in the state of Florida. I do, I do believe duck goes out too. Yeah, it's done. It's uh, pretty much everybody. I think um, the last of the duck loads went out uh, last week, Monday, Monday, Tuesday, something like that. Group of young fellas came in and were getting ready to go out, and I think they were saying it's the last weekend or whatever it was. So they snagged up the last six boxes and said, "Sweet," and took off and go do their thing. But um, you still have an opportunity to go out and you know go get yourself a Bambi today if you need to. You yeah. can, Green uh, Swamp, Green last Swamp weekend. Area. Yeah, so you got an opportunity to get out there and get her done. Don't sit here listening to us. Get out there, get in the woods. And that's and that's what a lot of people don't. You know, I tell Carlos. Carlos says, "Oh, I got I got to hunt the first, you know, drawn for the first nine days at Green Swamp." It's like, well, if you want to kill a deer, I sit there and says, "The beginning of the season is not what's good. It's yeah, right here at the end." And that's that's I've killed a lot of a lot of deer out there. In the last little bit of the time that the swamp's open, and that's when I'd be out there. I think but, a lot of people wait till this time of year in Florida to hunt the center part of the state for the very reasons of what we're having today. Cooler temperatures, crisp cold air, nice and dry. It's like uh, what hunting is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be uh, at the end of uh, July, August out there <clears throat> sweating your brains out with a bow. Doing what you got to do, trying to find some uh, deer running around out there with velvet on his head. You know, it's this is, for the most part, a lot of people that move here from some other place. You know, colder temperatures, nice, be out in the woods, not a lot of bugs. It's a perfect time to be out there. So uh, there are people that I know that wait till this time of year to go and get her done, or at least attempt to. Well, a friend of ours just went out to Texas. And shot some deer out at Texas. Who? Ted Nugent? He's always out oh. there. He's always out there shooting deer. I think he goes out every day. I was day. hoping I'd get him to call in, but he, he, he may be ruined, he says. I don't know who that is. I can't see it. Oh, really? <laughs> man, that's awesome. He he turned around. That's he, a good deer, too, man. I, yeah, he shot some really nice deer. So I, yeah, he went out there to do uh, the cell phone. Wait, do he, didn't, a, do he, a kill, little, he didn't kill all of these. I these are not all his. One, he, he, two, three, four, four, four big old bucks. I don't think so. He was probably out there with a group of uh, snipers doing his thing. Yeah. There's no way that he's out there uh, killing all those deer by himself. No way. No, he went with one other friend that I know. See, told you. Uh, we were talking a little bit before the break about the, uh, the lionfish and all the other stuff like that. But in the middle of that conversation, we were talking about the conservation thing. And, you know, Bill George brought up the fact of how much money is spent for the lionfish every year, just promoting you getting out there and uh, catching them or diving for them, eating them, all those kinds of things, a little over $2 million. But this past week, the uh, governor... And his continued effort for conservation here in the state of Florida, uh, he uh, signed the budget, and this is the part of it that kind of goes in the uh, outdoor conservation section of the of the budget. Six hundred thousand dollars for artificial reef construction programs. Four hundred thousand dollars for coral reef recovery. One point. One million for Apalachicola Bay oyster restoration efforts. I would have thought that it would have been more than that, seeing as 
how large that industry is for the state of Florida. Um, it all I, depends on what work you think is going to be done. Uh, f- this is the one that kind of always makes me weird and leery when I hear this one. $4.5 million for land acquisitions to support conservation efforts. Mm. Now, as we all know, uh, we've voted on before, uh, conservation efforts to buy lands and things like that for conservation efforts is always a good idea if we get to go and play on it. And I don't mean just the guys who get to go watch the uh, red-crusted warbler or, uh, you know, the people who want to go and look at the local fauna or go to see if they can find a gopher tortoise somewhere. But to be able to use it for everyone is a different thing. When I hear the word conservation sometimes when it comes to land acquisition, it scares me because... You know, Swift Mud will always use that word. Well, that's a conservation area over there, so there's no hunting allowed over there. Well, which, that's conservation over there because, uh, you know, there's... Which really, they have a brand new wildlife management area. I know we, uh, and and I'm one who is very critical of Southwest Florida Water Management District. But when they acquired new land down in Sarasota County, they did manage to get hunting access on that property yes limited hunting access and it is and that's i i would love to see place more places like green swamp which are not quota all the time and that you could turn around i don't i'm not opposed to a period of quota but then let it be open you mean like all the other managements used to be yeah 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 you know those things but uh because i'll be honest with you I truly believe there is a, a, a enough people trying to acquire permits that have no intention of using them. Oh, there are lots of people In order to, do to that. try and keep hunters from hunting. Yeah. They used to do that out in Idaho and other places like that until the state got smart and said, you only have this much time to use it. And then after that, it goes back in the pool and somebody else can get it. So... You know, if you want to keep spending this kind of money to keep somebody out of there, that's one thing. But as soon as it, the day it goes up, boing, the next guy in line gets it. Bill George has been waiting for this thing for someone to give it up. And now he's going to go out in the woods and go get himself an elk. So in your face. Uh, the one I think is a little overboard for me. Uh, I think this is way too much money for this. It should be the other way around with the Apalachicola, at least in my opinion. $6.8 million for increased boating access and safety. As if you don't already have that, that already in place where uh, most people who are adults. What do you think the and safety means? That part I don't really know about That's unless the it's, the edu- it's the educational whatever it is. If it was going to go to, let's say, well, scholarships well, for young people to be able to go and take their boating courses and all that stuff for free, uh, then that would be something that I would probably get behind. But what it but says, what you picture is, we're going to spend a lot more money making no wake zones and other areas where we're going to get you access to there, but try to keep it. Keep you as out. As inconvenience as possible. Or keep you out altogether. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the, the their version of safety is a lot different version than my safety. 
uh, than my version because my version of safety would be when I think of boating access and safety, I think, okay, for education classes, for maybe somebody who just moved down here and uh, wants to register their boat or go and buy one, if you're a first-time boat uh, buyer or something, then you say, you know, you can take an online safety course or you can go to a class or you can do whatever you did so that you can get an education on uh, does a sailboat have the right of way when you're in the ship channel, or does it not have a right of way when you're in the ship channel? You know, it all like depends that. on whether or not it's under sail power or engine or power. Or under motor, that's right. <clears throat> and, of course, you know, what red and, red and green on those markers actually mean, you know, and things like that. Uh, how to be able to tell what direction a boat's going into in the dark just by looking at its lights. You know, simple safety things that somebody sh- may not know when they've been on Lake Ishtanawa up in Illinois for 20 years. They may not know that. You know, they're just like, hey, I put the boat in the water, fire up the old Merc, and off I go and fish for the day and come back. And now I'm going to go risk it and go down through the intercoastal and uh, go offshore. And I have no idea where I'm going. And I'm going to go full throttle. And then all of a sudden there's these, like, weird rock things that grow in sand. And all of a sudden I hit one and that kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about. Turn on your mic. Or fo- you got to turn your mic on, Foolish Mortal. But face first, right into the Eddie Cooler. I know we're good and well. <laughs> Sandbar, oyster bar, oh crab bar. Stump. We're going to take a break. Big and wild outdoors. Stay right there. Everybody, welcome in. It is the uh, Big and Wild. Thanks for joining us today. My talkback button just like died during the break. Diego and I were having a really nice discussion. Talk and back. Was, and he then, turned around and, and Diego then, shut you down. He said it was working. He didn't turn off anything. He didn't turn off anything. Diego says, I don't want to listen to you. I better check. Is, is, is my cough button work? Look, is Diego smiling? Yeah, it works. Yep, he did it. I mean, did he, you was, do he it? was talking to me about going to the Super Bowl. I was kind of interested. Like, and then oh, I, he was inviting you to the Super Bowl. Uh, maybe I, I don't know. Because I asked him if he was going to go, and he said no. He said uh, I'm not going. I was like, Why aren't you going? He goes like, I'm ten thousand dollars a ticket. And I was like, Oh. I said, Well, I got a call and kind of got a offer to go, so I don't think I'm going to go. I'll take your place if you don't want to go. Well, I can mention that to the person. Uh, you know, because if I go, I'm working. It's not if I go and uh, sit there and go, yay, team. Listen. So I'd have to be on the sidelines. I'd have to be working. So We'll work. We'll see. I didn't get a ring the last time. 17 years of hard work and labor and sweat. I didn't get no ring. Listen. I'm, a little, I'm still, a little, uh, still a little mad about that. Listen. Glazer family. If you turn around and you had an opportunity to go there Work, you ought to go work. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, before the break, we were talking about the budget that was just put out by the governor, and here we go. Uh, I wanted to keep going on this. I was at the $6.8 million to increase boater safety access and uh, safety. Uh, increase boater access and safety. Hey, spend it on new ramps, fix them up, make them nice, do all that stuff. That's all money well spent, but that safety part, 
if I get out there and I start seeing signs around my area that I like to fish that say no combustion engines beyond this point and things Unsafe. like that, then uh, I'm going to be a little bit miffed about it. Okay, you know, so um, 8.9 million again. This seems like a very big number that I could probably use and help a lot. Is 8.9 million to combat invasive species. Now, I don't know if a part of that is to go to the lionfish, which was like two million. 2. Of that's dollars. probably the lionfish. And then others, of course, I'm sure go to uh, the python, uh, python the iguanas, and, uh, yeah. the tegus. Maybe. Yeah. And whatever the next tropical loving creature that we get. Sure. Uh, and then last but not least, the hard hitting $4.2 million for continued uh, red tide research. Oh, yeah. And I think that we've pretty much researched it. We know what it is. We know why it's here. We know where it comes from. We know what it does. Uh, how much more research do you need? Oh, no, no. We Just like hurricanes, we got to research those. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end okay. of the day, it's going to do what it's going to do. It's going to do, what, it, and we know what that already is. Right? Yeah. We already know what it's going to do. But I look at this number of $8.9 million, and I'm going to just ask the layperson. Diego? No. Can, I, can you are, Diego's can you a layperson. Okay, layperson. You, the, you are the layperson. You, you know he nothing. doesn't even know what a layperson is. In other words, you're the person who doesn't know anything about any of this stuff. You're just uh, a regular Joe. You're right. a regular guy, regular right. Joe. If I came to you and said, I'm going to give you... Let's see, so $2 million for the lionfish, and then let's see, what, one point four for the pythons? Okay, about that right there? Okay. To get rid of all of them? So, yeah. We're talking. No. Okay, Hang sorry. on, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Bill George. So let's just go ahead and take the $4 million out of the, of the equation and say $5.9 I come to you and I say, Diego, I'm going to give you $5.9 million. Do you think you could reduce the... Uh, iguana population in South Florida and maybe help us out, get rid of these tegus, and I'll give you a list of other things. Do you think you could muster up enough people and enough effort to get out there and knock those suckers out of the trees? Uh, I would say yes. $5.9 million? $5.9 million, yeah. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I would think that even the person who doesn't even know what a tegu looks like could probably go up. You could go look it up online, and uh, you could. You know, I said to Bill George, I said, "I'm sure I could probably hire an army of people that would be willing to go out part time or full time, and pay them a salary of maybe let's just say twenty five, thirty grand a year to go out and do nothing but drive around and bring me back the heads or tails of said iguanas while they're out there." How fast do you think I would have the population reduced on an effort like that? Oh, you'd make a significant altercation into that population. You think I would? With that kind of money? Do you think I could do that? For sure. I would think anybody could be able to do that. So why can't the state do that? Why can't the state do that with the millions of dollars that they have available at, at their disposal to be able to throw it around for something like this and not get it done? Because in two or three years, because of this, if you turn around and you hire people to go out there and assassinate the iguanas, that's bad PR. That's why you give it to me. No, 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 the no. head assassin. That's bad PR. Because 
we're going to turn around and there's going to be at least a million dollars to print brochures up on how to live with iguanas. Well, I'm not any part of that. I'm strictly the hitman. <laughs> yeah, I'm but a- that's a million and something dollars that isn't in your budget. So you can't hire as many people to shoot now because we got to have that on how to live with iguanas. No. Well, you can take that. You know what? That can be paid for by an outside group that they can go and spend their own money on that, Listen, on their campaign. I got a question. The state of Florida doesn't have to spend that kind of money. If you turn around, they had talked about making iguanas a prohibited species. To own. To possess. Yeah. To, to own. To possess. Yeah, to anything. Okay. So now... Uh, just me being me, if you turn around and there's some people who want to come in there and remove the species off of your property and you tell them no, that means you're fostering it and you're holding on to a prohibited species. Does that put you in violation? I would think so. Why wouldn't I it? I mean, if you keep your dog in your yard, you can't have a tiger in there. Your dog. You have a tiger, you can't have a tiger in there. Without special permits and everything else like that. They oh, yeah. came up and said, you can't keep tigers in your yard. And you're like, I like my tigers. I'm going to keep them here in my yard. I don't know. I haven't seen the new rules. FWC commission meeting at the end of February is coming up. And I think it's the 25th and 26th. You go to myfwc.com at the very bottom. There's a link to commission meetings. And look at the February one. The whole agenda is out there. And the, the, the you know, some of these reptile species are on there or what they plan on prohibiting, but the the documentation doesn't go up there until the very last minute because you really wouldn't want people to comment on something if they really knew what was in there. Okay? <laughs> it's like we but gotta... yet they know what they're going to put up there, but they don't put it up there yeah. until the very last minute to keep people from actually being able to sure. thoroughly research it. and Yeah. Well, they learned that from Pelosi. We have to pass the bill before we know what's in the bill. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, all it's yeah. all good. But I, I'm just, I, does it sound crazy? Is it far fetched, or is it just a normal guy sitting here thinking that if someone, how do I apply for a grant for five point four million dollars from the state of Florida to uh, no, 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 to no, uh, go and kill the invasive species and hire uh, you know a hit squad that rides around and does nothing? No, no, but, no. You're going to need to spend at least five hundred thousand dollars on. Uh, counseling for those people because they're gonna they're gonna be dramatically, you know, altered by having to go out there and and remove all those iguanas. They're gonna, <laughs> the they're people not, that I hire. Oh yes, they're not gonna be able to sleep at night for for constantly seeing all those iguanas. You're gonna say head. that my employees are gonna suffer no, from PTSD because they're killing iguanas. That's that's you got to save some of the budget for that. No, I don't think so. I think I could literally go out today and probably get 20 people right now who would probably not sweat an eye over so the whole thing. No, not a single person is going to take advantage of the system. For $5 million. Not a single person. For $5 not million. Not the ones that I hire. For $5 million, if you paid $25,000 for people to go out there and do that, you can get about 200 people. 200. That's not a bad army to start with. No, no, no. Because when you start really knocking them back, let me tell you, you don't have to spend so much in the future years. But That's true. Then we I, won't, we I, won't I, I hate to fire anybody, but, you know, when there's nothing to hunt anymore, then uh, you got to do what you got to do. Diego, what, what do you think I'm going to do? You think I'm going to go out there and just, just put the job board out there? Trust me, they're going to go through rigorous 
training and they're going to go through rigorous a little boot camp. They're going to go through rigorous vetting to be able to. If they're not of the same mentality as the Toby Benoit's of this world or the Carlos Lopez's of the world, then uh, thanks for coming. We really no. appreciate it. We have some tacos over here Listen, for you to uh, enjoy on your way out. People do with uh, the iguanas like they turn around and they do with raccoons. If you have a raccoon or a possum that keeps getting in your stuff, here's people. They'll go get a box trap. They'll catch it. Then they'll drive it into somebody else's neighborhood. Yeah, Fort DeSoto. And let it go. Fort DeSoto used to be the drop-off point for every raccoon that was caught in Pinellas County. Now you go out there, and at the end of the night, when you go to leave the pier at like 10 o'clock, and you, you go and you, your headlights hit over by the fort, it looks like the army of the undead. Just eyes glowing everywhere. <laughs> just, just, just hundreds of them everywhere. Hundreds, if not thousands of them. That's why those campgrounds are overrun with those things, man. They're all over the place because everybody was like, well, just take it down to Fort Center and let it go. Let's take it down there and let it go. <laughs> there was, Let's let it go down there. There was one night we were in what was it, Kissimmee State Park, and we were kept up by a raccoon. You always bungee cord your, your bait and everything and your coolers, and you'd hear that raccoon try and pry it open. Bam, the bungee cord wins. And you sit there and hear banging all night long with the raccoons trying to get into your stuff. I remember my boy uh, uh, Bruno actually had a really nice big cooler, did the same thing, put the strap over it because they were like, you know, there's raccoons. Out. They were camping out of Fort DeSoto at the campground, camp area. Woke up the next morning, you know, ready to go cook some bacon and eggs and all that stuff. And he got over, climbed in the back of his truck, <clears throat> and here's this big old hole. In the corner of the cooler. And he was like, what in the heck is that? And he went to go slide the cooler. And as soon as he slid the cooler, a little head pops out. Boink, raccoon. Boink, pops out of there. And it goes scurrying off. And he's like, what the? And then, boink, another one pops out and goes, boink, 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 scurrying off. They just, they're to the point now where they're just like, hey, Ralphie, just start chewing. We'll get our ways in here. Don't worry about it. Just keep gnawing at it. So while you're, they're cruising and... Go back to the old Coleman steel cooler. Exactly. You got to go bring back the steel. Bring back the steel cooler. It's all good. Yeah. So they just, nowadays, they don't even try to open it anymore. They just chew their way in. So, so we need a new rating on coolers. How many how many hours it takes to raccoons to chew through a we just mammoth to, versus a Yeti versus a Coleman? We just need to bring back the uh, raccoon skin bikini and make it fashionable again. Then we'll reduce the numbers greatly. That thing is, Diego, try picturing that. Thinking Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back.